Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy push-up bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Katie's Crib. This is... This is just a very, very, very special episode. This is a special episode. We have one guest and one guest only, and her name is Dr. Shafali Sabari, and she is a clinical psychologist who specializes in the integration of Eastern philosophy and Western psychology. She is the author of three books, The Conscious Parent, Out of Control, and The Awakened Family. Here's how I came to know her. I got pregnant on Scandal. I went to Kerry Washington, who, as we know, is the most incredible actress, mother, activist. I mean, the girl is just incredible. And I said, oh, my gosh, I'm sitting here amongst piles of how-to parent books, and I don't know what to do, and I'm very overwhelmed, and I'm pregnant. And Carrie said, if you're going to read one book and only one book, it has to be The Conscious Parent. And the book blew my mind. And I am sitting now across from you, staring into your gorgeous eyes in Great Neck, Long Island, you guys, which is literally the town next to where I grew up in Port Washington. Um, thank you so much for being here. Of course. I'm it so is excited. such an honor to meet you. I am a super fan. Um, so this book, The Conscious Parent, that you guys run, don't walk um, to read. What is a conscious parent? That's Is that the first question you get from everybody? Sure. And then I get an indignant affirmation from these parents saying, I, I'm conscious. I'm already conscious. Mm. So then we have to de- deconstruct what <laughs> consciousness really means. And I, I'll just tell you a little bit about the inspiration behind Great. the conscious parent. You know, having been a meditator for uh, almost 15 years before I had a child, I was exposed to the concept that we have this thing called the ego. And this ego is a false self, a false persona that gets created because our intrinsic innate self was never seen, heard, understood or validated by our parents. Mm. And all of us had uh, very unconscious parents. So they pass on this unconsciousness to us. And because we want to preserve and thrive and survive, we create this false self called the ego. Now, the ego is not who we truly are. And we talk about who we truly are. It's the things we think we should be, Mm. which society tells us, culture tells us. So we should be beautiful. We should be skinny. We should be tall. We should be short. Whatever it is, the flavor of the culture's day. yeah. (laughs) Whichever culture, whatever the, the most exalted qualities are. So we grow up thriving to be that in order to feel validated. Mm. And it's this thirst 
to fill the inner self that actually propels most of our life. And we don't realize that we're doing things because we're hungry and it's coming from lack and which is really fear. Mm. And so we're not doing things because it's truly us. We're doing things because we think we should. And having children is one of them. Getting married is another. All of these prescriptions, one after the other. And so then we have kids and then we think we're having kids because the kids wanted to be saved from wherever hell they were at. (laughs) But it's not true. They were fine wherever they were at. We think we should have kids because we have it on our checklist. Because it's one more thing we think we should do. Um, And of course we want to have kids, but I don't know how many of us really deconstruct. So then consciousness becomes about really becoming aware of who it is you are and who it is you've been playing, all these roles you've been playing. Wow. Because so you you really can't, you cannot raise a conscious child unless you yourself are conscious. Yeah, this has nothing to do with the child. This is, oh the, this is only to do... Oh my gosh, Nepali, you're killing me. Okay, so the work all has to do with me. I knew yeah. it. No. So consciousness <laughs> is about you realizing that you have been playing to your false self and you've been raising a false self within you and if you don't become conscious of that you will then negate and dismiss and eviscerate the true self in the child and raise the child to now play to the tune of your false self mm-hmm. and this is what we've been doing for generations every generation lives false and raises false and we have a culture of false right right how what is the kind of work that a parent could do to get to be conscious, to consider them, you know, if, 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 if I'm going to raise my son to be a conscious being and, and yeah. I want to start with me, which is what it sounds like I have to do, how do I do that? Yeah, well, it's, uh, there's a simple answer and then a complex answer. The simple answer is understand that every time you react to your child, it's because of something that the child has re-evoked in you. So it's not the child's bad behavior or the child's temper tantrum or the child triggering you. It's because you have an inner void within that gets awakened and triggered by your child. So it's all you. So that's the simple answer, okay, to to know it's all you. At least start turning the spotlight within. Mm -hmm. And then the complex answer is you have to undertake a process. You have to go through a journey, right? It's like going to the gym. Do you go one time? Or do you commit to a lifestyle? Mm. So it's a lifestyle of awakening, a lifestyle of self-help and deconstruction and healing your childhood wounds. It's it's a lot of work. When we talk about making a lifestyle change, like it's the gym, like that would include what feels right for you, meditation, therapy, yoga, I don't know. Are these the types of things that we're At, using? Well, to get I, to I don't know how much yoga necessarily, <laughs> but uh, yoga is a great exercise, yes. And it does bring you into the grounded present moment. But I think what you, what everybody realizes when they have a child is that the child lives in the present moment like no other, and we don't. So there's a huge discrepancy. There's a huge mismatch, a misalignment. So we're always out of sync with our children. Mm. If you know, you know, especially infants, they're so in the moment. Yeah, they don't know. And they don't care no. that you have a party. They don't care that they just vomited on your beautiful dress. <laughs> right. They teach you to strip yourself of all those ego attachments I was talking about. Mm. They teach you, be in the moment, mom. Who are you without that? So let go of your party, let go of your phone. Let go of your outfit. Let go of your outfit, all all your machinations in your mind, Mm -hmm. and focus on me now, here. And because they're so impetuous, they really make you keep up with them, meaning moment after moment. So all the spiritual wisdom that you learn through meditation gets applied in parenting. So what I mean by a lifestyle change is you begin to see that you're not in tune with your child if you're an aware person. Mm -hmm. And you begin to see that you're frustrated with your children, not because of them, but because of your inability to slow down, drop your agenda, be in the moment, and go with the flow. You might be having like a totally disproportionate reaction to something small that they did because you just read an email that stressed you the hell out, something at work. Then they throw something on the floor and all of a sudden you're so fucking pissed off. Exactly, exactly. And it has you know, you are not there with your kid with exactly what they just did. Correct. But many parents are oblivious to the fact that they're not present. They Mm -hmm. just presume it's the kid and they fix the kid and they blame the kid and they shame the kid. So my work is all about toppling that 
paradigm and making the parent have the onus to turn the spotlight within. No, what is it about you? How did you react? Why did you react? It's nothing to do with your child. It's all about raising yourself. So, oh my God, it's all about raising yourself, guys. But it's complex, no? Yes, but it's, for, for me, it really, when I read The Conscious Parent, it really took, in some ways, the pressure off because... I all of a sudden felt less responsibility like I have to teach him everything I know because good lord I don't know a lot of stuff like when he asks me difficult questions in the future like what is God or why is this person mean to this person or something like there's going to be a lot of times where I, I don't know the answer I really don't and there's a huge topic in your book about you know my son is here to teach me you know my son is here to bring me to another level of consciousness my son has been born because he's my greatest teacher um and so it for me that might stress some people out for me i felt incredibly a weight lifted like i didn't have this responsibility to teach him the abcs and how to divide and all i mean please let him learn that stuff but like whatever i mean i was a terrible math student myself but 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 because you're an easygoing parent and you were okay with giving up that control many people aren't They, they want the pedestal of being superior and being the ones who know, and they want to fix the kid. It's very hard for them to turn all that onto them and kind of fix themselves. Sure. So, but I hear you. It's it's a relieving message for me too. And many people who get it say the same thing: a weight is lifted off my shoulders. This is yeah. the only way to parent, because it is actually the truth is everything in life is only about us. Nothing is happening to us against us. Nobody's here to ruin our lives. It's all about our ability or inability to handle our inner terrain. Right. And our children show us that more than anything. I mean, we become one-year-olds if they're one-year-olds. We become three-year-olds and they've become five. You know, we're having temper tantrums because we were never raised in our wholeness. So the moment we lose, we feel like we're losing control with our children, like they're pressuring us too much or they're, they're too shy or too withdrawn or making us look bad in front of our friends. That's a huge, <laughs> see, that's where I think I'm going to fail is like, see, I can say all this and it's wonderful to have a one-year-old. Albie's about to be one. I can put my phone down. There's nothing as wonderful to me as like if I get one hour that I'm not working and I know that it's going to be a very present exchange of an hour like I'm not gonna look at my you know I have this but but I'm speaking from a place where it's not that hard yet I know that when he gets older and he is throwing a temper tantrum in public or he's not behaving how he should be behaving at whatever thing we're at that's really where conscious parenting is going to be challenged and hopefully utilized and and made stronger yeah. because it is an opportunity but the problem is what about everyone else raising my son. Yeah. How do you work with families where it's very difficult to get maybe one person on board, but the spouse isn't on board or the nanny? I mean, how do you function like this? Right. So just understand that just because it's your conscious doesn't mean you're not taking action. So if your kid is throwing a tantrum, you will still address it, but in a very different way. First, you won't be reactive. You won't take it personally. Of course, in your in your head, your your little mind may get, you know, all upset and you your ego. curse your kid sure. in your mind. But you'll know better as a conscious parent to return to the breath, to not take it personally, and to help your kids through their big feelings. Because children just have big feelings that they don't know how to deal with and they need control. They're feeling out of control. That's all it is. Mm -hmm. But we get so threatened by their need for control, then we up our control and now we have a power struggle. So that's one thing. And then dealing with unconscious people around you is extremely hard. So I have always been misunderstood. People have always told me that I am a bad parent because I am not doing things how they think I need to do it. No. Yeah, always. Because they believe in control and domination and timeouts, and I don't believe in any of that. Mm. So I look like a loser parent in front of them, and my kid is out of control. Is that real, like, response you would get? Like, if your daughter was acting out or something and you weren't putting her in a timeout, people would judge you and say, you're not doing disciplinarian, disciplinarian. I've been judged maybe just still a few days ago when I don't react. My daughter was at a party. The police were called. She's 15 and a half now. Mm-hmm. But she Fun handled times. it. But she handled it so well. However, all her friends were vomiting and 
and my husband got upset like you shouldn't send her you 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 and all i could see was her strength like this was amazing i was didn't understand what he was talking about wow. so it's diametrically opposite from mainstream and it is lonely but once you get it you can't go back like i can't go back to mainstream ever again mm-hmm. so it doesn't matter to me if i get disapproved or people scoff or people laugh how do you think it's affected your daughter as far as like is she good at knowing bound i mean i'm selfishly asking for myself because like i'm like okay if i'm choosing to raise albi in a conscious parent style what type of adult is that going to make yeah but what, again what who have you seen like what, right. how does it work but yeah but you can't again focus on the other because oh, they will right. they Ugh. will they will be raised according to the tune of their authentic destiny you are here to usher them to that destiny with love with support with presence but you're not invested in how they turn out to be so i'm really not invested so for example it was my say it was my so, daughter so like you don't care if it's she becomes a doctor care. or a lawyer no, not, i don't care it's if i care it's my ego that cares right because my ego would feel good to know she's secure but who's to say if her pa- path that is that makes her happy if her path is circuitous and she first wants to be homeless in a third world country and then you know and then ends up in jail i don't know i'm just being extreme right yeah, now who's to say that path doesn't ultimately make her a more mother teresa than mother teresa i don't know we don't know right. you know so these are all projections and cultural projections so we we don't of course take our kid to drugs and we don't offer them alcohol we definitely teach them the ill effects of everything and the the blessings of living it's not about being a laissez faire it's about having wisdom and the detachment of your ego in their life their life is their life so say my daughter had called and she had been vomiting mm-hmm. then i would look at it as an opportunity to reeducate to rehaul to reconnect everything is an opportunity to come back to center so fear is not the response you see and fear is the typical response of the typical parent i refuse to go into fear now do i get scared sometimes of course do i caution her all the time of course but i won't be trapped in fear and her future will certainly not be my obsession my future will be my obsession because i need to fix myself right. if i embody consciousness that's the best thing i can do for everyone around me now if she chooses to wake up to it she chooses to embrace it or she chooses to experiment in some other way i'm here for her on her life path so this is the philosophy you know that we are here spirits ushering spirits they just happen to be smaller and less mighty uh, but my daughter is more strong than me right. trust me by right. yeah she can like but you're not here to right you're here to usher alongside them and to lovingly and spiritually guide them but you're not here to to control their life and and I don't want her to live a controlled prescribed life I want her to live a a, a mistake filled uh unordinary non-traditional fully experimented fully alive fully well lived life I don't want to I've not given her a prescription I didn't tell her who to pray to I didn't give her a god to believe in I really didn't give her any of that but she knows right from wrong because right from wrong doesn't come from external sources it comes from a spirit connected to their own heart so if your kid is connected to their own heart they won't harm anyone else right so it hasn't we've been fooled to think wow. that all these external prescriptions create a good self mm. you know and what is a good self you know so i've turned everything on its head and i challenge all prescriptions because i've seen their futility and i see how people just hold on to them like a raft in in turbulent waters only because we're afraid we're all afraid afraid really of the inevitability of our death really at the end of the day that's what it is all yeah. fears lead to that yes do you feel so you behaving and existing in this fashion alone is enough to influence the other caretakers around you. I mean, I'm personally asking you because I have a nanny and a husband. So like, yeah, no. Do you no, know what I mean? No, It's not enough. No, unfortunately, I thought Oh shit. I this this was a huge <laughs> and continues a to be a very humbling <laughs> no. humbling experience. Like I can Cuz I'm also a, a a being traveling alongside my husband who I have chosen to make a child with. But remember, whoever you choose, nanny, husband, mother, father, if there is contrast meaning you're like clashing 
means there's something for you to learn and you're learning through contrast. And most of us in our first 40 years, because we were raised devoid of worth, we typically will choose people of contrast, where there's conflict, where there's back and forth, where there's argument, and th let's, let's talk about it. We don't, because we haven't yet learned to flow with our own authentic selves. We're really living false selves, so we're going to attract lots of people who also are living in false, false selves, yeah. so we're all going to clash. As we evolve, and I've seen this happen in my own life, those people kind of dissipate, and then you begin attracting more synergistic people, more aligned people, who you flow with. But this is and the 40 progress. 40 is this number? It's, I think it's after 40, like late 40s. <laughs> All right, guys. No, this is really because you have to know because I was. I've, you have to evolve. Right. Evolution takes time, so there has to be a passage of time. You know, I started meditating at twenty-one. It didn't matter. I still fell into cultural prescriptions, and still had to evolve. So, to answer your question, it's not about influencing everyone. This was my biggest and continues to be my most humbling experience because I have so many people who learn from me right. but the ones who I want to learn from me may not so I can't pick and choose who's ready for consciousness right. I can just only shine with my own light and it's annoying as hell but this is what you have to just keep coming back to shine with your own light don't interfere in another's path everyone's path is their own path they have a right to their unconsciousness you just stay in your lane Oof. you know so I just keep telling myself that because Otherwise, you keep wanting everyone else to change and no one owes you transformation. No one owes yeah, you. you can't. Yeah, no one owes you anything. So just because I'm talking consciousness doesn't mean people owe me to be conscious. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> Too bad. Yeah. What about in the same way, like teachers in school? Yeah. I mean, I, do the teachers look at you like, what the hell? Like, has that ever happened when you're a kid? Like, I know you mentioned this event because she's 15 and a half that happened but like have did you notice when she was growing up and in school like well well a lot of other parents or teachers who are all stressed out about grades or yes let's talk about or, this this is peer, a huge cultural prescription coming groups, up grades yeah. i mean i just looked at eight or nine preschools in los angeles and it's like it's just very already lining up with chores and jobs and like all this stuff and 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 it's interesting because I'm a little bit more, I'm a go with the flow, I think. Although, no, I super have anxiety. I don't know. But <laughs> I, but I, I don't know is what I, a lot of my answers are. Like, I'm figuring it out. Like, I'm just trying to figure out what feels right yeah. to yeah. how to raise a kid. Yeah, but, I've never but, done but it you very soon realize that apparently every parent knows. This is how I, I was too. At the age of eight, I took my daughter for her first ballet class yeah. and they said they're going to put her with the four-year-olds and I said what do you mean apparently all the parents knew to start kids <laughs> at, at four she and, didn't start her ballet class at four who I, the hell are you and I didn't know so apparently this uh, we'll figure it out and this time is not the way but but it, it's it's the right thing let me tell you because but it was fascinating to me when I came out of you know my little wooden boxes at home and homegrown everything and yeah. came out into the real world to see, oh, let me try and enroll her in a few classes. She was way behind the curve by eight. Like I'd already disadvantaged my kid. And I wanted to know, how did all the other parents know? <laughs> so I was your know. ego having a meltdown? I, I was terrified. I was like, what have I done? I did a I've crippled, I've cr I've I've crippled my child I'm, already. Yeah. Like she's so way behind now. Like she can only do solo activities because all the group activities, she's behind. So she did horse riding and tennis. I mean, what to do? <laughs> one racket and one horse, one animal. Because all the group activities, she, she was behind. She was a four-year-old. Yeah, I hope she doesn't hear this. I've just told her she loves horses and loves tennis, and I've put that into her. But really, she didn't get into anything else <laughs> because she was so behind. Oh, please. But, but everybody's doing things at like... three and four. Oh, it's you're, insane. I'm, it's, everything is so overscheduled. It's, it's really insane. But, but here's where I empower parents. Out of, out of my own legacy of shame, that, you know, you don't buy into this. This is an insane culture. Don't buy into it. Don't buy into it. And the moment you don't and you free yourself and extricate and, of course, work on all the insecurities that come up because you're the odd one out, 
you realize that, oh, I don't have to subscribe to all this anxiety and all this achievement pressure. I want to live my life differently. So yes, I live my life differently. My daughter may never go to college. She may never, you know, learn anything. Good for you, you'll save $500 billion. Exactly, but but she won't be anxious as much. She won't be pressured as much. But most importantly, she will learn to tune into her own rhythm and find experiences that match to who she is versus filling up a college application and what looks good on that. Mm. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. (sighs) Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Talk to me about this awesome, this natural consequences thing, because I like to see how conscious parenting, again, I think it's, I think it's really wonderful to subscribe to when things are in flow and you're having a good day, but when shit hits the fan and you're really dealing with a kid that, that is a, let's say a biter, Adam and I always joke, what if we, what if our kid in kindergarten is the biter, right? Mm -hmm. And the teacher is like, holy crap, Albie just is biting everybody, like, what do you do in that situation? Like, how do you not, I feel like conflict is the biggest opportunity to practice conscious parenting, yeah, right? Absolutely. Because that's when things accelerate very quickly. Absolutely. It's when your shit does come up. Um, so how, how, what would you do? Like, what is a natural consequence? How do you, if you don't believe in timeouts or grounding or. Yeah. Okay. What, so let's just, let's just think and create the two paths that people could take. So the kid is biting the traditional path and the non-traditional, which I'll call the conscious path. Let's go with the traditional path. What would the traditional path say? My kid is biting. Therefore, he is, what would you call that kid? So say Sean. Some kid Sean is biting. So Sean is, what's the first thing all the parents in the class will think? He's bad. He's a bad boy, right? So first, it came up in one second. How horrible is that? I was like, oh my god, he's the bad kid. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So like my son's not playing with Sean. He's the bad kid. Correct. So when Sean starts biting, and Sean is just a poor little three-year-old <laughs> who doesn't know how to do anything but bite, because that's how he expresses his frustration. He remembers that he's a primate. You see, all the other girls have forgotten. He's like, no, I know who I am. Right. I snarl, growl, and I bite. Right. You guys are pretending to be human. I'm a primate. Okay. So. So 
but but look how we adults will quickly judge him and of course we call that kid bad now traditional culture will say what do you do to bad people you must to bad children especially punish punish straight right so straight now we punish so what are the techniques of punishing you have to take something away right you have to yell yes, scold you the have kid. to scold you right. have to threaten threaten right, yeah right. yeah okay so now that's that's the mainstream paradigm okay it's just so predictable it's so linear Oof. and it ends up well, let's imagine how it ends up so now you've put Sean in a timeout he doesn't even remember he's bitten he's like i don't even know what you're talking about right i have no clue what to do instead nobody's teaching me no one's helping me you're just telling me i'm really bad i really don't know what i've done right but i i guess i'm bad so now what do you think is going to happen in Sean's psychology after this He's going to think he's bad. Right. Is he getting up the next day thinking, wow, I'm the most awesome kid? No, he's now oh, becoming Sean. S- sedimented <laughs> with the psychology that he's not so he's not that cool, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, imagine this continues for five, six months. Oof. And imagine the parents are truly traditional. They only know control, only punishment. You think it'll stay at just a timeout? No, it'll become from timeout to a little... ass whooping to a yeah, little bit sure. uh, isolation sure. then the kid is crying i mean i've had clients at the age of 2 who were locked up in closets and basements you know oh my god and they remember so shawn will grow up and remember this so you can go ahead and spend all that money in therapy because it's coming right for sure right and you're creating disconnection right so the very tenets of parenting which is to create confidence and comfort and warmth and worth are being eroded through this linear paradigm okay So that's the traditional. Great. So my work completely debunks it. Like you're not allowed to do to, any of that to shit. react. So okay. the moment there's a trigger, I tell I teach all parents to pause and the watch. The pause so big. Right. And watch because I show them where they're going to go. Watch how they're dying to label the kid and they just have to pause till they come back to neutral. So they're like, "Please can I call my kid bad now?" and I'm like, "Nope. Like you can't talk to your kid till you go back to neutral." and they're like but what about now my kid told me to f off and told me i was an evil witch can i now call my kid bad nope nope so we're not allowed to go down the path of judgment because judgment leads to hierarchy leads to superiority leads to a righteousness leads to punishment and violence mm. so you're not allowed to go down so parents are like what do i do so then you pause. come first you pause <laughs> and then you come to the other side now if you're willing and you haven't gone down that train wreck path yeah you now say what is my kid needing it's a need what is the need beneath the behavior who is my kid developmentally who is my kid spiritually consciously who is my kid emotionally you begin to seek to understand the human just like you would want to be understood if you have a temper tantrum at a lunch and you monopolize the entire lunch and the next day all your friends say you know what she's an attention seeker we need to teach her a lesson we're not going to speak to her for 6 months would you like to be treated like that no, no. you want to be understood you want to be yeah, heard heard and validated so it is with our children and they don't have sovereignty because we are a controlling culture that strips children of sovereignty so when they cry we seek to understand we seek to give them words we soothe them we let them be heard and then if we want to teach them we can then do some role playing where we show them how biting hurts right. now it doesn't mean you bite them to hurt them but you could like playfully show yeah. you know this hurts and then yeah. you can show create empathy and do it with a dog that's what i was just yeah. thinking i would use the dog i mean not make the dog bite him but i'd say the dog or the dog or even a dog oh a dog or a dog that's a good right? idea and you and you can you can practice of all like it's about the dog okay a dog but you use creativity right you teach through creativity but you can only come to this place of compassion if you don't make the judgment that he is bad you stay in oneness you stay in compassion right the moment we make judgments that's it the train wreck starts right does it this is brilliant does the judgment work if it's positive because see i already see it happening with my son a lot my son is i don't know if it's because my husband and i smile a lot i don't know but my son smiles a lot when he sees people he if we're in an elevator and and someone's there he makes it a point to smile at that person and um if we take him to a baby class he's gone and he's i would describe him as social and very jolly 
in his disposition. Now I associate with that he's a really good baby. But I'm already like, oh my God, we're already labeling him as such. And I want to be sure that on moments and times where he's sad or maybe phases of his life where he's not social or has separation anxiety or we no longer can pass him around to people. Like right now we pass him around, he loves it, it's fine. But that might not always be the case. And then are we, I don't want to associate that with, oh no, it's bad. Right, so you're so, so aware. Yeah. yeah, so you're very aware that you're already getting attached oh, 100%. to him being jolly and him being social. For sure. Yeah, so be just watch. Watch how you're getting attached already rather than saying that's who he is right now. Very yeah. aware that it could flip tomorrow. So don't set yourself up. You see, this is what we do. We set ourselves up because we're like, ah, oh, my kid now, you know, is potty trained. And then... In two days, they're not. They've regressed so bad. <laughs> yeah, just don't get invested because that smiling behavior could also be the makings of a people pleaser. Like, don't be so excited, you know? We don't know. That's who I am, <laughs> Shafali. You nailed it. And we've only been talking for what? How long? 20 minutes. So look how we, we just put all these adjectives. and It's all our need as parents to feel good about our emptiness. It's really that. All this projection onto these children, they're just being who they are and they're going to flip and change tomorrow. And we're like, look, my kid, my blood, my DNA. Look how amazing. Look what I've created. It's because we are empty inside that we need this. That's why we cling to our children. That's why we want them to become something so that we feel good about ourselves. Yeah, it's horrible. Oof. Well, it just is human nature. I think I don't think it's horrible. It's very predictable. It's universal. And we're all doing it. And it's our ego that is doing that. Yep. Um, what happens when my child asks tough questions like, is there a God? What do you say? Yeah, it's only tough for you because you haven't deconstructed it yourself. Right. Oh, no. I have no idea. <laughs> so, so, so you could say, well, some people say da-da-da-da-da oh. and others say da-da-da-da-da. But I really, because I don't know if, if that's what you really believe, just will keep exploring. I don't know. You know, you just have to say the truth. So, you know, I, I, I had deconstructed already, so I was able to give my daughter an answer. But you, you say it from your truth. But I do have an issue when parents put onto their children very rigid belief right. systems. Right. Because I want us to expose our children to what's out there and maybe even what we believe in but allowing for them to have self-expression and self-ownership but we don't most religious people will put on their children their religion and uh again it's another it's another label, ism, it's another another attachment that you're putting on them without the discovery of who they would want to be is it ever too late Let's say someone has been an unconscious parent for years and years and years and read your book and they come into it. I mean, yeah, I was already too late by the time I became conscious <laughs> because I also took time. I mean, you have to really try. You know, I had to see my ego at play to believe that I was so unconscious. I couldn't believe I was so unconscious. Right. So I myself was three, four years late. So the answer is no, you're, you're, no, you're never too late and you're always late. So just let, oh, that's a good just let it go. It. Just let it go. Whatever time Whatever or place time. you come into exactly. this practice in your, within yourself and for your family is the perfect. Is too early, Every too moment <laughs> is, is too late and, and never too late. It's just the perfect moment. So stop worrying now. It's another way to worry right now. Oh, I messed up for the past 15 years. No, forget the past 15 years. You're here now. Let's start aligning now. The moment is now. And when you can hit the reset button in every now, that's the best you can do. Don't look at the past. Mm. I mean, we all can already cringe. I'm sure you already in your one year can cringe of, at the mistakes you've made and oh the scowling God. faces you've shown your kid, sure. scared your kid. We've all made mistakes. There is no perfect parent. I was completely unconscious till my daughter was three or four and I was a meditator for 20 years. So please, there is no pedestal here. There's no hierarchy. It just is everybody's evolution. Whenever they arrive at it is when they were supposed to arrive at it. Mm. Wow. And your children chose you. You know, I tell very unconscious parents who then wake up 
and they are full of they're full of guilt. I just tell them your your children chose you too. You know they knew how effed up you were, <laughs> so, and they they still chose you. So relax. Like don't, we have many lifetimes. You know, This many is, lifetimes, and he's mine. My child for a reason right now. Exactly. Like we're really here to teach each other. So obviously teach. he came to learn from you. So once you let go of this hierarchy that you need to do it perfectly and it's about you raising this child and turn it around to we are both raising each other. We both chose each other at some energetic level to wake each other up. Then the anxiety goes away. You know, you can look at your kid when you act crazy and go, well, why did you choose me? You know, you should have known better to, to have chosen me as your mom. You know, you can just play with it. It's just once you have the right perspective of us all being spirits or energy, just incarnating in this moment, then it, you just have a, the right lens. You know. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-errands pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. I know we got into a little bit about like grades and getting into the college and, and you wanting what's best for your child is what you think is best for your child. It's not necessarily <laughs> what's best for your child. I mean, your child gets to figure out that for him or herself. And guess what? It's not even what you think is best for your child. It's what you've been puppeteered. That's what I mean. And you're a parrot to what culture says is best for your child. Yeah, like college, like he's a doctor, like he went to this school or got these grades or exactly. is a member of this many, you know, or he went to a third world country and built houses, whatever is it the is flavor, that right? you want to yes. prescribe to. Um what is this idea of ordinariness? Like, what is that? Because I think, I don't know. I mean, you're from India. I don't, I don't know what it's like there, but I think there really is this concept here. And it was in my family too, of, of this being special and you want your kid to be special, which might, is that the opposite of ordinary? I don't know. Well, I think every kid is unique and we all unique, but I don't know whether anyone is really special. We're all We're special. not. I mean, right. it's like. Right, right. We're just unique. I think that's the thing. And when we can focus on each person's uniqueness, actually then we will not fit everybody into the same mold. But we want our kids to be special, which means better than other kids. Think about how sick that is, really. Oh, it's horrible. I We're definitely so... have that. 
For sure. So we're so anti-children, actually, when we're doing that. And that's what the social media shit is, because it's like everyone, and myself included, like posting all of the the first birthday parties, the first steps, like look at how special, but yet like a lot of, like it's all the same. Like it's not. But you see now, it's so beautiful that our social media exposure uh, lends a light to our dire, desperate need to be seen. I mean, it's so sad. Oh, my God. First birthday party, first piece of spinach, first poop, first lemonade, (laughs) first tooth pulled out. I mean, really, do I don't don't need to know about your kid. But you have a need to tell me about your kid because you get something from it. Comments and likes. Oh, my God. We definitely do. We definitely do. I'm admitting it right here, right now. Like, Albie went to his first dentist appointment this morning, and let me tell you something, that is going to be posted to the iCloud sharing for the whole fucking family to see, and it's going to be so special, and I'm going to get so many texts about how cute Albie is and how lovely his teeth are. And what a good mommy you are. And I'm going to feel amazing. Yes, because you're acting as if you're going through milestones. Like, you are achieving something. Exactly. I just talked about this yesterday because it's one-year birthday. My husband's like, who cares is this one year birthday? Like he's never, we don't have to do this whole thing, but I'm like, but it's about me. I've done a great job raising him for a year. So his first year birthday is my birthday. But I mean, then this you is should, what's happening Then to you me. should just be real and say, have a party for myself. Yeah. And everybody's like, where's your kid? You're like, kid, I'm, dr- I'm drinking my favorite to- rosé. Right. Like I'm doing what I want to do. And send your kid out for a play date because it's nothing to do his with favorite about your music. Kid. He loves this music. Peter. He wants to go have a nap and just be with his five <laughs> toys and so let him go. And you have the party then. I know. So let's not pretend we're doing this so selflessly. Like, that's what is the biggest farce, that, oh, we're such selfless parents, when it's so clear that we're egomaniacs and so thirsty. So coming back to the concept of ordinary is we're all ordinary, and we should have no pressure to be anything but whoever it is we are, which is really, we're just people. We're just, some of us are talented in something, but everyone has something unique. Who cares? Does everyone have to be on a stage? Does everyone need to be having accolades and medals? This is our sickness because we feel so empty inside. Our children don't have that need. You know, my my daughter, I I say the story all the time. She once did an assignment uh, with a tutor and I paid $100. And all this big fancy assignment with all these poster boards. And after the tutor left, she began taking pictures and sending it to all her friends. So... Here, here came my competitiveness. And I was like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, I'm just sharing. Look what a great job I did. Let them all have the benefit. And I went ballistic. I was like, did their parents pay $100? Like, why are we sharing what I paid for? Right. No, 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 no. And she's like, mom, I don't care if they do well. I was like, and in my head, I knew she was saying really great pearls of wisdom. But in that moment, my ego was roaring. I was like, I don't care that you don't care. I care. Like, this is about you. I did this for you. And I saw my venom Mm. and my small mind and my competitiveness. But thankfully, my daughter didn't care about what I said either. And so she just went ahead and sent it to everybody. Did it anyway. And she did it anyway. Because she truly was divested of the desire to be the, the one. See, we want our children to be the one. But that's a sick mentality because the one at the cost of others, right? Because we don't care about other people's children. We just want our kid to be the first. And we're sick in that. And she taught me a lesson and I stopped caring as much. Now, as much. I don't (laughs) care. I've let it go because I want the higher vision of what's good for all. And the system is set up in a skewed way to be competitive. So again, once we let go of this dire need for us to all be the best, the most perfect, the most beautiful, we will realize that we're all one. All our children are important. There is no need to be the best because we're all good at whoever it is we are. So we as parents need to propagate this because children are good at that. Children don't need to be the best, the prettiest. They've learned that from us. So we need to really re-educate our children and ourselves to take away all this, to take it away and say, no, you don't need to be the best. You be the best at who you are. You fight toward your standard, not to the standard because the standard is not an objective standard. It's an acculturated, conditioned, often toxic standard. So you figure out who you are and just play to you. You play to the tune of you. 
It's yeah. really about this is going to be a real adventure, Shivali. That's how I feel because I, I think this is going to be a real. It already is. It's just very challenging, like to just keep yourself and your expectations and your wants and desires to be the best, which obviously I was definitely raised with, and not put that on him. It's going to be like. And what's great about your book, and I, you have to see it as an opportunity for the chance to get to practice over and over right, and, and you, over again. And you again. have to ask, what is my mission? My ultimate mission as a parent is to allow my child's true self to unfold whatever that looks like. It, you can't decide. And of course, I can hear all your audience, perhaps some of them saying, oh, well, what if his true self is an addict? What if his true self is a criminal? Well, that's again fear talking and lack and jumping to conclusions. The true self is not, doesn't have to be anything like that. The true self is simply their real self, not conditioned and produced by you. Mm. That's all. It doesn't mean now we're raising criminals. Mm-hmm. Right? People get so afraid that unless we micromanage our children, they're going to be criminals. Mm. My child grew up without a religion. My child grew up without competition, without achievement pressures. And she's a good kid. She's a, just an ordinary good kid. And I don't expect her to be anything other than that. If she chooses some other path, it's her choice. It has nothing to do with me. If I want success, I need to go get it for myself. If I want fitness, I need to go get it for myself. If I want good eating, I eat good at, for myself. And I model it. And if she chooses, she chooses, you know? Wow. And of course, when they're younger, you have more, quote unquote, control. Yeah, because I'm putting the food You're in front of the them food, and but, I'm... But soon, you'll have to, you know, give and take. There'll be a lot of compromise. This was so amazing. I can't tell you how mind rocked I am and how excited I am to have my husband listen to this podcast. (laughs) And like everybody I know, are there any closing words or statements or advice or anything you want to add? If not, we are chock full of a million gems. But if there's anything else. Well, I just... I would just end by saying that every parent needs to decide if they want to do it the traditional way or be daring to try a new way so that we can raise a new generation of kindred spirits who are truly illuminated for their own sense of divinity, worth, and well-being. We all want to do that. Thank you so much, Dr. Shafali Sabari. Thank you.